welcome to Indie Discovery, the indie gaming podcast brought to you by Rock Paper Shotgun. I'm one of your hosts, Rebecca Jones, joined today by my two very sleepy co-hosts, Rachel Watts. Hello. And Liam Richardson. Hi. <laughs> very sleepy. Bit of vocal fry for you there. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, Liam and Rachel just got back from PAX East in Boston like a couple of days ago, three days ago, and they're mm-hmm. still a bit jet lagged. So we're going to try and keep this one short and sweet as much as we ever do. It's Friday afternoon and I'm sure that they're both looking forward to spending the weekend getting some well-deserved shut-eye. So, you know, I will, we'll try not to record for like two and a half hours like we usually do. We'll see how we go. Yes, I, 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 I don't trust us. I think we will. I think sure. we will, but <laughs> I just want to start out with acknowledging that I'm trying to look out for you guys. I'm trying, oh, trying to be a good host, make you yes. go home at an appropriate time. <laughs> but yeah, we're all here now. Um, we're all back mm-hmm. in the same time we zone. Are. All feeling very Friday-ish, so... Mm-hmm. We'll see what the energy's like on this one, I guess. So yeah, of course, uh, today I really want to ask you guys loads of questions about the things you saw at PAX. Um, I was following your posts while you were there. Oh, saw loads of really cool indies that I really can't wait to ask you more questions about. But first I thought we'd just have a little chat because last night, as at the time of recording, uh, were the BAFTA Game Awards. And I'm sure we all have thoughts, feelings, opinions. Yes. Try not to get too salty about them. <laughs> but yeah, so it wasn't... It wasn't <laughs> It wasn't a huge night for indies, which obviously for us is is a little a little yeah. disappointing. Um, loads of our yeah. favourites were nominated, but not many managed to knock uh, Elden Ring of, and God of War from mm-hmm. the winning spots. Uh, for a lot of things, they they kind of won pretty big. Uh, special mention I want to make to my my personal game of the year twenty twenty two, which was Stray, um, which were the second most nominations, actually more nominated than Elden Ring, and then didn't win anything. Which is really sad. did it didn't win anything. Oh, I didn't realise that it was one more than Elden Ring, and like eight or ten less than God of War because God of War was nominated for everything it could possibly be nominated for at least Mm. once sometimes up to four times so um, oh yeah (laughs) yes um yeah there was you know there were good things there was uh there were some nods there to Citizen Sleeper and I was a teenage exocolonist which were nice to see they didn't do anything sadly uh Tunic and Rollerdrome did manage to briefly fend off the big boys uh good for them but the the big Mm. the big indie upset and the one that I was very pleased to see was obviously Vampire Survivors getting two awards, including Best Game. Um, and Yay! that was RPS's Game of the Year last year. So I'm excited now because I feel like we're the, the like indicator award. Like in, you know, there's, there's, there's mm-hmm. some award, isn't there, that they say, oh, if it gets this, then it's going to get Best Picture at the Oscars. And I'm now in, in the hopes that it's the RPS Game of the Year that, that is going to yes. be that in the future for, for the BAFTAs. Uh, I, I like so. to believe. I like to believe it. I was under no doubt that we were absolutely correct by putting Vampire Survivors above Elden Ring. Yeah, I mean, the I second it made people salty. Yeah, I. I mean, mm-hmm. those are my big thoughts. I don't know if you guys, Liam. I know that you you had thoughts that maybe didn't gel with mine so much. Well, I have a. I, 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 did you What's say that Stray was your topic? Stray was my topic. Yeah, my personal topic. I'm not saying I'm right. It just I enjoyed it a lot. I appreciate everything Stray's doing. It just wasn't for me. Is Fair. is the non-spicy? I mean, the spicy take is I thought it was really dull. To be completely mm. honest. Wait, um, so hold on. You you hate cats then? Confirmed. Well, <laughs> so this, Ooh, is this is my thing, spicy. right? <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> this is the spice. Where's Shari? <laughs> she, she's right next to me, and I'm terrified. We, we actually have Shari next door. Will you come in, Shari? <laughs> oh my god. I the first hour of Stray is great because it it sort of presents this version of a cat that has its own autonomy and you're sort of controlling this animal but you're controlling it within the confines of how a cat would behave in the real world so you're sort of like 
you know, platforming to follow your little cat friends. Mm. And then when you get down into the underground world where the robots are, I really liked how you were sort of just like bumbling around and just accidentally sort of like walking into these story beats. And then you get a robot and it's like, okay, we'll go do some fetch quests. And the cat seems to understand what it's doing and understands the robot. And it just lost me at that point. I almost would have rather if the game was just about a cat who's just like going through this underground world and is just the robots don't talk to you. There's not that interaction, you know, Mm. a bit like how Limbo and Inside, you're never sort of directly involved in the actions of the world. You're just sort of there and traversing through it. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't like how much it just became like a, yeah, okay, well, I'm a cat and I'm going to get these items and talk to these robots and somehow people understand me. And I just, I don't know, it just lost a lot of its momentum for me in that way. And I hated the bits with the enemies. I did as well. Actually, to be fair, to be absolutely fair, I think that Stray, definitely my game of the year 2022, but a little bit indicative of the fact that I didn't ever find a game that I loved in 2022. You know, yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was between that and Ghostwire Tokyo for my favourite and both of those were games that I was like, these are like a solid 8 out of 10 for me. You know, there was nothing that I was like, I loved yeah. this so much for me last year. And they were both great games, don't get me wrong. Um, but yeah, I didn't I didn't love the enemy chase bits. I found them a bit too stressful because I don't like to see a cat get killed. Um, which, yeah, I didn't like that either. <laughs> it's a game for people who love cats. I did think that that was a, a bit of an odd choice that they made. And you're not you're not the only person that I've I've heard make the criticism that they they didn't quite gel with the story once the ability to like once the the robot companion came in and the mm. that element came in. I will say that from my point of view, I I do think that. They've learned to talk to cats. It's science magic. And the robots have spent mm. decades learning to talk to cats in case one comes along. And I'm fine with that as an explanation. <laughs> but um, they didn't know who you were, though. They thought no. you, they, like, none of them know what you are. Science magic. They're just like, what are you? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you have literally got me there. <laughs> I know I do. <laughs> no, I, I, like, I like what it was doing. It just, Vampire Survivors was, I thought, the best game. And it was happy fantastic to see it, it when it was it was yeah. very vindicating yeah. on a personal and professional level and i'm also obviously really <laughs> pleased for that um. yeah i honestly thought god of war would just steamroll like everything mm, yeah. and to a certain extent it kind of did but yeah come on through vampire survivors i was su- i think they were surprised the team were like completely yeah, gobsmacked rachel did you watch it live because i was watching yeah it, i um, did on Twitch. I'm oh, not, did you buy I'm not watch it live? Mm. Yeah, I'm not famous enough to go to the studio, but I watched it on Twitch. And, um, <laughs> and did you see the point where they, they won uh, the Game Design Award, the first one that they won, and mm-hmm. how far they had to run from the back of the auditorium? Oh, really? They yeah. really mm-hmm. sat the Vampire Survivors they put team them at the way, back. way at the back, like in oh, the, wow. don't worry, you've not actually won anything seats. Yeah. And then they mm-hmm. got best game. So Yeah, the God of War folks were like kind of halfway down. Oh, and God, then the were, vampire survivor and endling was at the back as well. They were like, was it? Oh these God, games, wow. the, <laughs> the thing that I loved about it was that Christopher Judge was sat right on the end of his oh, um, yeah. seat. And every time they got like a technical award for God of War, poor Christopher Judge is like shuffling into the aisle. Everyone's going past. Yeah. And I'm like, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I just, that's really I was, funny. For that reason alone, I was glad that he won best performance. <laughs> just because yeah, I was, like, so I was happy with that. The number of times he stood up for everyone else to get out of this mm-hmm. row, he deserves. I mean, he. I genuinely, I'm a big fan of Christopher Judge, so I was really happy to see him win. But yeah, me was, too. Yeah, me too. 
it was just really nice that he got to go on stage after all the time he spent standing up, hugging everyone as they went by and then sitting back down. Oh, and bless him. Yeah. <laughs> also, they properly put that award near the end because I love Christopher Judge, but the man can talk for hours. <laughs> oh, did I he just, reference the Game he, Awards speech? He, he did. did. He went and like, he, um, yeah, yeah. He checked yeah. his watch when he got onto the stage and everything was, was really good. Mm. That's really uh, He's so, like, honestly, though, I, I said this at the Game Awards, like, obviously 10 minutes is a long acceptance speech, but he's really charismatic. I could listen to the man talk. Like, yeah, same. Yeah, he seems like a really sound dude. Yeah. yeah. I'm not angry about it. You can keep talking. No. Yeah. Let's get him on the podcast. <laughs> I'd love Christopher that. Judge, if you're listening to this, um, yeah. Christopher Judge, uh, do you do indie games? Because we we kind of have a a bit of a remit here. But I, yeah, do you like indie yes. games? You don't have to. Oh, yeah, we're not them. going to ask a single question about God of War. But oh no! If you've played Stardew mm-hmm. Valley, come on. Yes. <laughs> who did you date in Stardew Valley? Tell us who you dated in Stardew Valley, Christopher Judge. <laughs> Sheen, get the fuck off, Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think at the BAFTAs, my biggest surprise was that Citizen Sleeper didn't win a single award and that right. makes me yeah. sad. I really thought it would get something. I was sure it was going to get um, Game Beyond Entertainment or like the social mm-hmm. aspect game. Mm-hmm. And as much as I love Endling, like I reviewed it, I thought it was fine. That game about like two, like you're a wolf family, uh, a fox family and you're like, you're living through in a post-apocalyptic world. I've kind of seen it a couple of times before. So the story mm. was nice, but there's just something so... I mean, I've I've banged on about Sin Sleepers we're far too much on this podcast, but like, there's just something very remotely human about the struggles of Sin Sleeper that I just thought it just got totally snuffed. Completely! And narrative, but we all... I mean, we all knew oh, God, well. that was going to God of War <laughs> or whatever. Mm. But yeah, I was surprised at that. It, it was very... Endling was a very interesting thing. Like... I'm happy to see it receive accolades. Yeah. But it's not a game that I think has been in the general conversation for the past no. year. So I was surprised to see it up there. Again, very happy. Mm-hmm. Great, you know, great news for the devs. And it's definitely piqued my interest to play it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But from what I've heard of Citizen Sleeper and even things like Norkel, like there were these sort of like oh. games that became a wider a part of the cultural conversation and where yes. that ending didn't, which which is always the thing at things like this, right? Like the, the, the judging panel is a group of people that are going to have individual tastes that don't reflect the wider industry. And that's great. But mm. then at a show where God of War gets all the awards, <laughs> mm-hmm. you're almost a bit like confused as to how these things can can happen it was very strange but I, yeah yeah i totally agree yeah, yeah. Mm. uh same with um i was surprised to see i was a teenage exocolonist as well up for um beyond entertainment that's so weird this title's so weird like yeah. that game is so what? good i'm happy that i got a nomination like i i didn't think it was going to win but mm. i'm happy to see it like represented like that was a really yeah. good pick mm. but yeah i feel the same as you about endling but that maybe be mm. a bit like shrug but yeah good for the team <laughs> What is that award? What is Beyond Entertainment? Oh, so it's the Hellblade Award for the game Most Like Hellblade. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, I say that with with a lot of genuine... Um, yes i know exactly what you mean (laughs) i i started watching uh the baftas i watch it every year since the 2018 awards which is when hellblade was up for everything and i was really into hellblade so that's why i started watching the baftas and basically they brought in the new category that year which is games beyond entertainment which they were like is game you know a game that that addresses an important issue or Mm. like does something beyond beyond entertaining basically it's like it teaches you something or it, it conveys an important message um and it was very very clearly introduced because hellblade 
had made such an impact with its, um, you know, with its really, really detailed and well-researched and, and like, unflinching look at psychosis and and various other, like, Mm. mental health problems. And, you know, it was... It it felt almost like, to me at the time, they kind of invented this award to go, like, we really want to give something to Hellblade and we don't (laughs) think that it can win in any of the other categories. And then it went and, like, wiped the board anyway. So, you know. Interesting. Um, yeah, sometimes, sometimes yeah. it's called like the Social Impact Award or mm. Social. Yeah. I I like Something. the Games Beyond Entertainment category though because things like um, very not indie, but a thing that I really really pulled for in the 2021 awards was like Animal Crossing got nominated for it. <gasps> yeah. 2021 because of the social context of Animal Crossing when it came out right at the start of all the all the early pandemic lockdowns and how important yes. it was for socialising and you know it had this impact beyond what the game was almost Mm. and they had things like um i can only think of nintendo examples which is not helpful for this podcast but also like nintendo labo which is about teaching you like you know building skills and so it's kind of it's a bit more versatile than i don't want to say just social impact because social impact is really important obviously i mean i am Mm -hmm. like the biggest advocate advocate for games with social impact that you'll ever meet but there is more to games beyond entertainment than that Mm -hmm. Um, and i think it's really useful that it's a very versatile category yeah that's a really good point um, how interesting mm-hmm. oh thank you I didn't realise I didn't know what that meant so that's that's really interesting to hear about that's cool I just came in with my my own personal name for it <laughs> I, awesome. yeah, that makes more sense the Hellblade award for the game that's most like Hellblade is what I've always yeah. called it yeah <laughs> that's such an accurate descriptor <laughs> Amazing. also I'm, I'm pretty sure I said earlier that about narrative God of War it wasn't immortality one it was immortality yeah <laughs> So anyway, um, (laughs) you know what? Yeah, I was about to say that's a great time for us to move the conversation onto our main topic for today, (laughs) which is what you guys saw at PAX East. I really want to hear about this. Yeah, we went to PAX East. We went on a a lovely little trip to Boston. We sure did. You sure did. It's my second trip to PAX East. It was Rachel's first uh, after she joined me at PAX West in September. It was it was good. We had yeah. fun, didn't we? We had a laugh. It's tiring. I think this is the thing about any game show or game event that you do in person. It's just absolutely exhausting, especially when we're doing what we do, when we're trying to like find small stories as well as also highlight cool games mm-hmm. um, and also trying to find a little bit of time in that to do things like eat and sleep like you've really got to cram a lot into one day mm-hmm. and these like the shore floors are so big they're yeah. enormous the amount of stuff to see you know especially on the saturday the amount of people that are around you and yep, you just might people you're meeting and talking to yep uh you know these things are exhausting but it was good we had a good laugh we had a couple of nice sandwiches oh, and yeah. saw yeah. a lot of cool games um what did you think of Boston, Rachel, seeing as that was the first time you'd been? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, didn't see much of Boston, did we? But in terms of like, <laughs> yeah, it's always the case, isn't it? Um, yeah. But in terms of like PAX West and PAX East, I much preferred PAX East. I think just the layout, I've thought, I think I've yeah. talked about this before, but like it's in one hall, like one big convention center, like hall. And PAX West is like, everywhere it's like different floors different buildings different theaters so in terms of everything being in one place it just made it so much easier 
to just do a couple of loops and be like, right, this is what we want to hit. This is what we want to cover. But yeah, yeah, even like as much prep as we did, like the people we wanted to speak to and the games we wanted to cover, being there was like so much, it was just so different than anything we could have planned beforehand. But yeah. yeah, I think we did a really good job. We highlighted some really interesting indies, which we'll get into in a moment. And yeah, talked mm. to some cool people. It was yeah. nice. And I got a two minute long hug from Ellen McLean, the voice of GLaDOS and the yes. announcer from TF2. No so way. that's like a life highlight for me, I think. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. She was lovely. She was She's so, so precious. Nice. Like she remembers our names. Like she was like she she was just <gasps> so great. And she's so funny. Yeah. She's, she's so, so funny. funny. All right. So sharp <sighs> and quick witted. People who play villains are the nicest people. I think that is just Right? <gasps> yeah. Just, was, just a rule of life. Is. An angel. It's, it's wild. She just like we, we met her at West when we interviewed them, and then mm-hmm. she just came in the room and she just like pulled me into a hug and was just asking how I was and what I'd been up to, and then she told me about what it was like living in Boston in the seventies, and and I was like, oh well, you know, next time we come to Boston, I'd really want to try and see the city. She just looked at me and went, drop me an email, I'll give you a list of things to see, and I was like, yes, <laughs> yes, Ellen, best oh. friend, Ellen. <laughs> oh man. That's yeah, so, it was it was that great. Is so wholesome. Mm. Oh. It was very good fun. <laughs> yeah, it was right. Nice. Well, I I have a few questions that I want to ask you guys. I know that you guys have brought things that you want to talk about as well. Um, I'm going to gloss Please. over my desire to ask about the sandwiches you ate because I love <laughs> a good uh, sandwich. But we are <laughs> we are in theory on a bit of a timer, so I'll leave that. Fair, fair. Be a follow up pod. We could talk about the sandwiches for a while. They were really good. That's the thing is I could definitely listen to the sandwich chat for like the next 20 minutes. But (laughs) The bread, thick. Delicious. (laughs) 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 Okay, okay. Um, The thing I actually wanted to ask was that um, while while I was following your adventures uh, overseas, I did notice that you got to check in with the devs of two of my most anticipated indies this year, which are Demon School and Goodbye Volcano High, two very different takes on my beloved genre of weird high school games. Mm. Um, So, (laughs) yeah, just like anything you can... You can tell me about those Hell two yeah. games. Would be so appreciated. Also, just like a quick side note, we mm-hmm. missed you, Rebecca. We Aww. missed you so yeah, much. We were oh, I, I talking about you constantly. Oh, we yeah, so sweet. I missed you guys too. We were like, I imagine was... if we did a recording, uh, like an episode recording here with Rebecca. That'd be great. Aww. Rebecca would yeah. love this. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. So sweet. Someone said to us, like, "Oh, why didn't you try and plan some kind mm. of Discovery live thing while you were here?" And Rachel and I were like, uh, "Because we're not here. We're not all here. Aww. We're literally missing a third of the magic. So Aww. we refuse." Yeah, oh, absolutely not, have, babes. I have a little cry if we're not careful. That's so sweet. Um, I miss you too. It was really hard not being able to send you every stupid meme that crossed my <laughs> crossed my line of sight for those four days when you were away bless you <laughs> do you know how many resi 4 memes i have just had to dismiss liam what <laughs> rachel you should have just said the them anyway. attorney memes oh my god <laughs> yeah we have i swear we we each each duo in this trio has their own entirely meme based relationship on basically like two or three games yeah. that we just constantly That's share with incredibly each other. true actually yeah good point <laughs> <laughs> we got like a group chat and then we've got everyone splitting off into yes. smaller and smaller groups to share memes. Just to it's... send each other shit posts. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I miss the shit posting. I'm so mm-hmm. glad you guys are back. 
We're glad to be back. Yes, we are. <laughs> so should I jump jump into Demon School? Yeah, because I didn't play a diamond. I didn't play Demon School or Goodbye Volcano High. So I will defer to my colleague on this one. Yes. Well, we we played a little bit of Pax West. Um, oh yeah, we and, did. Yeah, good point. Uh, I played only a little bit of Pax East, but I, it was the same demo. Um, mm. So it was about an hour of demo there, which is really good, a nice juicy demo, which was um, part of it was, uh, so in Demon School, yeah, essentially you play as a group of uni students who live on an island where a gate to the demon world, the, the underworld has opened and loads of like ghosties and ghoulies are like coming on through um, parade style. So you need to, you and your gang need to basically beat them up and send them back where they belong, which is in hell, basically. And so there's two kind of parts to the game. It's very Persona-like. So part of it is you running around your school, like, what are we going to do after senior year? We have to have a good summer holiday kind of situation. Um, yes. And that's the part where, as well, you take on, like, mysteries from the, the island's residents. So they will come to you with mysteries and then you solve them. And the way you solve them is by, yeah, fisticuffing with um, skeletons, demons, all sorts of uh, supernatural nonsense, which is turn-based um, and has this really cool, like, synergy system where a lot of the the characters will have, like, their own fighting style. But again, when where you place them tactically on the grid, uh, they can, like like have like joint attacks and like help each other out in certain ways and when you do this is cool like comic book animation of the characters like jumping into action and it's just it's just really really good uh as i said it's very persona like in terms of style music i think that was one of the inspirations for the game but there was um another one as well like Shini, shinigami tensei was like a quite a big mm. i've not played it but that was another big inspiration for them so yeah i'm just I'm just in love with Demon School. I've not talked, stopped talking about it. I'm like writing an article about it soon. I'm talking about it here. I just keep banging <laughs> on about this game. It's really good. Um, clearly, I'm in, into encouraging this because I am so excited for Demon School. And I'm really pleased yes. to hear that it's shaping yeah, it up great. to play as good as it looks. Oh, it feels so nice to play. I'm and just like, here. yeah, the way that everything unfolds so that you have the, the art styles, so like the the um, characters will be in like 2D, but then when you're fighting, it kind of switches to like this isometric 3D perspective. And so the bosses are like, oh, at one point there's like this giant skeleton head with like two arms that kind of come around the side of the grid, the square grid. And we'll try and like, f like poke and flick like your characters. Like, <laughs> oh, it's really, it's just really great. So yeah, the style is awesome. Oh, so yeah, cool! Looks amazing. So that's that's still that's got an unknown unknown twenty twenty three release date on it, right? At this point, yes. Uh, uh, they I asked if it was going to be twenty twenty three because um, they actually haven't confirmed a year yet, but it is definitely this year at some point. That's what they said. I'm pretty. Nice. They were like, yeah, it's it's basically the demo was so even back at West was so well. Put, uh, put together like the build was yeah. really smooth no hiccups so yeah it should be sometime this year so exciting. very excited for that one mm -hmm. exciting it's exciting mm. i wish they put a demo yeah, out for everyone for so everyone could play it but they, they haven't uh, maybe before release they might put a demo out i'm not sure but i hope yeah. so i hope so feels I like something we'll see the next first yes yes hopefully yeah that would be that would be like a highlight of what is it june june is the next 
next mm-hmm. fest. Oh, oh yeah, so it is. So. Yeah, June is distressingly not that far away. All of a sudden, I know so, yeah. it's like two months away, right? What the fuck? When did that happen? <laughs> How it is was just New Year's. It's still January. Oh, I refuse to accept anything else. Very, very <gasps> distressing, to be honest. March is gone. <laughs> it's over. I just. Oh yeah, today's the last day of March. Yeah. yeah. Oh god. Day of recording. Thirty first. God damn. <laughs> We're all just here with our heads in our hands. Oh. I know. Yeah. We're literally just like that. <laughs> horrific. <laughs> Um, but yeah, there was there was a new demo for Goodbye Volcano High. Am I right in yes. saying? Yes. So I think this was the first time they had shown a build like in public. I thought it was. So I, as soon as I I learned that, I was like, I got to go see it because I'm obviously very excited for Goodbye Volcano High mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rebecca, I mean, this is like life is strange with dinosaurs. So it's, no yeah. wonder you're really <laughs> <Dinosaurs> intrigued. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> So yeah, the demo was pretty good. It's definitely one of the like the slowest demos and the longest demos I played at PAX East. Um, it took half an hour and not a lot happened, but it was still yeah. pretty. It was still pretty good. I think it's because the way the characters talk, and this is something that they might change. But there's like a lot of pauses in the middle of dialogue. They'll just like very much saunter through conversations and it's quite mm. funny because two characters will be chatting and the school bell will go and they'll be like oh gotta get to class and then keep <laughs> chatting but it's quite slowly and i'm like you, girls you gotta yeah. get to class let's go like, <laughs> it's quite interesting it sounds pretty yeah, real but in, in yeah. general it was um it was a really is a really good build as well it was very solid no hiccups um so yeah the demo follows fang who's a student uh with a group of friends at school they're part of a a kind of up-and-coming indie band and they're just trying to make it big so again similar to demon school there's this idea that it's like their last year they're seniors the summer's coming up they're all thinking about what they're going to do after that do they try and make it big with the band or do they try and get a bit more realistic with like what jobs they should be looking for and yeah it's very life is strange um i think i said it was like between that and we are ofk which is the um Mm. kind of Mm. the the band biopic it's very similar vibes so like the Mm -hmm. way they speak and how they you know it's like young adults um because we're oldies now so that's how i describe them (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but yeah it was just really charming yeah and oh that was it so it's also a music rhythm game so there's a bit where fang is playing their guitar mm-hmm. but instead of the usual like there's like a, a a circle and then it will beat down and then you have to hit your um, button on oh, yes. time with a circle it had that but there were lots of like different ways like on this on the screen at the same time like different like mini rhythm games that you had to kind of like pay attention to at the same time kind of like when you're playing a musical instrument so one of them Mm -hmm. would be like a timing Mm. one another one would be like just putting the joystick or the mouse in a certain direction um i just really thought that was a nice take on what sometimes rhythm games can be very generic in terms of like yeah hit the space bar in time yeah um but it was really great. I really liked that aspect of the demo, which I didn't expect at all. Like I knew there's going to be like a, a lot of chatting, a lot of visual novel mm. elements. But yeah, the yeah. music mini games are really cool. Like that was, I was really cool. I was surprised. I, mm-hmm. I didn't expect that either. I, I knew that there was going to be some rhythm-based gameplay in addition yeah. to sort of visual novel sections, but I didn't expect anything that was. This is sound really harsh. I wasn't expecting sort of innovation 
on the rhythm yes. game front from it. So yeah. that is yeah, really exciting. Same. Fang is voiced by Lachlan Watson, right? From Chilling yes. Adventures of Sabrina. Um, I think which so. is one of the things that I really drew me to the game initially. Oh really? Oh. Um, I think it's I know they're in it. I think I assume that they're the main character. It would yes. be kind of weird if they weren't. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at the Steam at the at the Steam page. Yeah, you're completely right. <gasps> Amazing. Yes. Hell yeah. That rules. Yeah, yeah. that's good, really cool. Good to see. But like again, like that's what is really great about this game as well. Like it's it, there's a lot of different um queer identities. So obviously Fang is non-binary and there's a lot of other you know, queer dinos, which we love to see. Um, and I, yeah, that aspect didn't come through much in the demo. Like there wasn't a lot of like um, relationship talk or just like that kind of chatter, but it's something mm-hmm. that I feel will definitely come up in the bigger game. Like it just, yeah. it feels mm-hmm. like that's going to come into it somehow, like messy relationships and <laughs> personal identities. Like, so yeah, I'm just looking forward to the, to when it releases, which is June, is June? June, I think. Oh, 15th of June. June. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. That's soon. That's yeah. really, really soon. Mm-hmm. That's soon. That's another another thing I really desperately want to play that is coming oh, God, out soon. Yeah. I'm, guys, I'm mm-hmm. so behind on my 2023 games already. Oh, <laughs> so don't even get me started, pal. Same. <laughs> Do you think this feels like a game that is like a tough thing to demo in the context of a short Oh, my goodness. Well? Whenever like visual novel-based things get demoed, I'm always like inclined yeah. to be very forgiving because I'm like, how do you... like? In the same way that how do you demo a novel, right? Like if you're listening to an audiobook mm. or you're reading a book and it has like, oh, a chapter from the next book in the series or whatever, and you don't really go in yeah. with the expectation of that being super representative necessarily. So Yeah, um, true. I always yeah. try and but yeah, when, yeah. when I see, you know, when I see a visual novel get a demo at all, I'm like, This is exciting. This is cool. Mm. Um, yeah. I'm really that- excited for this. Their headphones weren't amazing, but again, mm. it's forgivable because you're on a very busy show floor. Yeah. Oh, gosh. And they were they were at the end of an aisle as well, so lots of foot traffic. Um, but they had kind of like it was very cozy the booth, so they had they had done uh, their best to make it so like you were kind of like nestled in instead of being exposed. But yeah, the vibe of the game still came through really strong, which is a great sign, even when like awesome. there's, there's hustle and bustle around you. But yeah, very excited for <laughs> Goodbye Volcano High. I'm sure it will bring up lots of memories of school <laughs> and mm. high school and uni. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, between the between the one about the hellmouth opening under a school and the one about, you know, <laughs> <laughs> impending <laughs> extinction while trying to finish high school, I think it's going to it's going to feel really nostalgic. Um, and yes. thank you for indulging my tastes as a <laughs> resident 30-something who's obsessed with high school narratives in a way she never was in actual high school. Okay. <laughs> Really appreciate it. I'm right there oh. with you. I love a high school. I love a coming of age story. You gotta love a coming of age oh, story. Like, I didn't. I never appreciated them when I was a teen. But now, now when when I hit my like when I hit my late twenties, I think that was when I started to be yeah. like, I love a good coming of age story now. So yeah, Sam. Yeah, you know, and it's like I would have loved this when I was younger. I would have killed for a game like this when I was like in my early twenties. Yeah, like, there was just yeah. nothing like Volcano High around. Uh, that's a really no. good point. Oh. Like, I, I think that all of the games, you know, that I love now that are that are these, like, teen narratives that I find I really resonate with are from, like, post-2010, certainly. So I, just uh... hit a little late for me. And so it's like, you know, it, it does have it's that. Such a good point, though. Like, we just didn't have that diversity in games right? back when we were teenagers at all. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Absolutely. Like, I, I don't think I ever really saw myself represented in a game 
to the extent that I now do. Exactly. In, mm. You know, and um, I, you know, I'm I'm happy for the next generation of teens that they get to experience these at the point where they're perhaps more explicitly relevant. Although mm-hmm. I do I do still think that like as an adult you can learn, you know, you can take good messages from coming of age stories because if there's one yeah, thing that I have sure. that I have learned it's that you're not done growing up ever. I don't think. No. Oh so. yeah, one thousand percent. And there's there's definitely something as well about like catering to that child that's mm. still inside you as well and like almost giving them probably the nutrition that they probably needed when they were a teenager like as an adult like there's probably yeah. something quite like cathartic and healing about that too right i think that's that's very true yeah yeah um i this this could be a whole other discussion i feel yeah, like we should could. we should shelve this now um yeah it's a really good point because yeah, it's such absolutely. a it, it's it's one that's very close to my heart and uh, i would love mm. i would love to chat about it more but i also really do appreciate you starting off uh, this whole discussion with the two games I was really excited for. And I will, <laughs> yes. I will throw it to you guys now. I have notes on the rest, but um, I know that you guys have some highlights that you wanted to you wanted to bring forward. Yeah, yeah Liam, um, go for it. I'll dive in. So the first game I really wanted to talk about was a game that I didn't actually know existed before we went to PAX. Uh, it's a bit shameful because Catherine did a fantastic write-up about it in Ooh. February. Um, but the game is Pacific Drive by Ironwood Studios. So there was like rumblings within the show office when we were at PAX about this game. Um, Mike Channel from outside Xbox was talking to us about it and was like, if you can play anything, go play Pacific Drive. It's on the show floor. And I actually didn't get a chance to play this until 30 minutes before my taxi to the airport home. <gasps> Wow. <laughs> so I, I went to see them in the afternoon and they were like, we'd love to show you the game, but we don't have any media appointments until like quarter past two. My taxi was at three o'clock. Um, I got there at quarter past two. They were still busy because obviously people have been queuing and you never want to push in front of people. So I didn't get on the game until about half two, 20 to three. And I was like, I do not have time to play this game. I'll play it for five minutes and then I'll, I'll dash. But this game got its hooks in me so much that i do think it's probably joint first for my game of the show oh interesting wow it is so brilliantly realized even now and it is set to come out this year but pacific drive is a game about basically it's a game about a car you're in the pacific northwest uh, in an area known as the olympic exclusion zone and you have this old station wagon that is basically your lifeline it's your uh, safety net it's your weapon and this car is stuffed full of like weird instruments and technology and you've got to look after this car by replacing its panels repairing it if the door falls off you've got to find a new door and like hook a new door on it and you can find different bits of equipment that you can like stick on the top or put in the luggage rack or put in the boot and the game is about driving through the through this, well, I think it's a, a series of exclusion zones, these quite large Ooh. open areas, trying to find weird materials or anomalies and then going into a portal and going back to your home base, which is this garage. While you're in these exclusion zones, there is this storm that's building. And the closer the storm gets to you and to this area that you're in, the more fucked up shit just starts to happen around you. So saw blades might come out of the ground and start to spin around your car. Little (gasps) jellyfish looking creatures might grab hold of your car and lift it in the air and try and flip it over. 
um, bolts of lightning will hit the ground and like zap between trees or create like a, a pocket of radiation you've got to drive out of. And all the while you're in this car, interacting with it in a very diegetic way. So, you know, you get in the car by pressing like L1 on a controller to open the door. Then you've got to turn the key in the ignition to start the car and then pull the handbrake back and then you can start to drive. Your map is on like an old CRT in the passenger seat. So you've got to try and find where you're going. You've got to physically turn your camera's head to the passenger seat to look at the map. And there's like a load of like instruments on the dashboard that tell you how far away like radiation is or if there's an anomaly coming. And and it doesn't really tell you anything beyond that. It had like a checklist and I couldn't tell whether this was a, a scripted sequence for the purpose of a demo. But it was like, okay, go find these three orbs, basically to initiate Mm -hmm. a portal and then get out of this exclusion zone. And just the way that it ramps up with the amount of stuff happening around you, the way your car gets damaged, you're trying to like search for new panels to glue on the side. Yeah, it it just really, you know, you know that neuron activated meme with the monkey? (laughs) (laughs) That was me playing this game. Um, Really beautiful, looks stunning. Um, the, the Pacific Northwest is such a, an evocative location to set a game in anyway, but the way it's mm-hmm. realised in this game is is so beautiful. It's not photorealistic. It's a bit like Firewatch in its visual style, but Ooh. a bit darker mm-hmm. and a bit gloomier. And yeah, I kind of just like stood up after playing it and I was like, what is this? Uh, and I had to read up a bit more about it to fully understand, but it is a roguelike. You are going out into these areas and then going back to your base and you're doing runs through these areas to try and find different things. And I think in an era where we have things like Hades and Returnal, I kind of love that it's a roguelike. I, I kind of love that I'm being put into these, you know, scripted areas with randomly generated events happening. Mm. And you've just got to kind of survive and figure out what's going on all the while in this crummy little vehicle. Yeah, no, Pacific Drive, it's it's out this year and... It has wormed its way into my brain like nothing else I played at PAX. It wow. just a really cool game. Yeah. What I'm an incredible so recommendation. Jealous. I'm so jealous it's you got stuff. to play that. I know. Honestly. You know what it was? You'd oh. just gone. You were gone for like two hours and I was sat there and I was like, God, I wish Rachel had got a chance to play this. <laughs> oh, that sounds so cool. Yeah, it's so rad. I love it's any sort of game rad. where you have to tactically like you're in a vehicle and you have to control the vehicle by like pulling levers and something like mm. like far or um yes oh i love stuff like that god damn it <laughs> i know right oh. I, the, the closest comparison point is probably something like my summer car which was like that meme game that youtube was loved that one. i don't know yeah. that yeah one. um where basically you had like a wreck of a car and you had to you know physically screw in all of the engine parts and stuff and it, it's maybe not that deep in terms of how you build the car but they've taken that core like premise and just Mm. wrapped it in this really cool weird mystery oh that sounds amazing one to keep an eye on definitely oh man this is just becoming like a a steam next fest wish list yeah yeah (laughs) expanding session for me like i'm just oh rachel you look in pain (laughs) i just you look so sad everything i am (laughs) everything you described the Pacific Northwest, weird shit happening. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm so jealous. 
Mm. Yeah, you need to you need to try this out. I you think that's a, I mean, that's no. a three out of three crowd pleaser for this podcast. Right. Between one thing yeah, and another. Yeah, all three of us. Wow. Like, no shade <laughs> on the other stuff I'm going to mention, but like, Pizza Possum was great, <laughs> which we'll come and talk about later. This game sounds amazing. I'm, I'm yeah, so... This jealous how dare you how a dare very you singular make... thing i'm sorry I <laughs> thank you for bringing it to the podcast oh my god oh, yeah should we should we move on before rachel gets too upset uh, yes. yeah I, yes should i do another one because i know you've done two of yours oh yeah rachel. go for it go for it so the next one i want to talk about is a game called wrestle story this is by tiktok games there were two wrestle games i was about PAX. to say i had a question about yes. this because as i was compiling a list this morning of games that yeah. you talked about on the site i was like wait there's a mm-hmm. there's a wrestle story and a wrestle quest yeah there are two we you know how sometimes there's just like moments in media where you get two games that appear at the same time or two pieces mm-hmm. of media mm-hmm. um that are just so intrinsically similar like the example i always use is bugs life and ants <laughs> back oh, in the yeah. 90s yes 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 so yeah there was on the show floor you had wrestle quest and wrestle story which are both wrestling rpgs mm. now wrestle quest we spoke to the developers and we had a great chat with them but we didn't actually get a chance to play it which was a shame mm. but wrestle story i did get a chance to sit down and, and play 20 minutes of so i feel mm-hmm. better equipped to talk about this and i really liked wrestle story it's it's very early in development there's like no they have no idea when it's going to come out they're you know actively seeking i assume publishers it's just at the moment they were just on the show floor basically to just be like here's a thing we have we want to see what people think about it and what they have is a persona-like RPG where you play as a a group of wrestling weirdos in a world <laughs> where wrestling dictates all aspects of life. And all of these distinct regions have been taken over by heels, which I think is a wrestling term for the bad guys. I'm not a wrestling yeah. person, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in the demo I played, we're in this uh, alternate version of Miami, where someone called the Party King had taken over and all of his loyal minions were forcing all of the citizens to stay awake constantly, to party all night and every day. And everyone was fucking knackered and they were done with this guy's bullshit. It's like that Kim Peel sketch. Yes, basically, yeah. <laughs> Good reference. I love that one. So you, anyway, you play as this little wrestler and you've got your pals with you and you're running around and you're getting into turn-based combat encounters, but the turn-based combat encounters resemble things like the Mario and Luigi series on Game Boy Advance or oh. Paper Mario RPGs. Mm-hmm. So when you're fighting, you do these special moves and you've got to do things like, oh, hold down on the analog stick until a light goes green and then flick it up to do a suplex or hold a button to, you know, big up the crowd before you jump off uh, one of the sides of a wrestling ring. So mm-hmm. combat's really fun, and also it's very snappy, which I think is really important. I've been playing a lot of Persona 5 for like the last six months, and mm-hmm. I find that combat in Persona 5 just gets faster and faster the the more you progress through the game. And you can tell that this game has a very similar um, approach to combat, in that the more you oh, yeah. get to know your colleagues and stuff, and the people you're with, your teammates, you're going to be able to do tag team moves and all this kind of stuff. 
Um, yeah, it, like I say, it's early days, but there's something here that I'm really interested in seeing more of. And yeah, I mean, anything that's Persona-like gets a thumbs up from me. Yeah, right? true. So, of course. Of course. I'm yeah. just intrigued by this, um, as you say, like the, the trend to wrestling stories, because you've got you've got Wrestle Story, mm-hmm. Wrestle Quest, and Wrestling with Emotions, which is the one I was trying to think of oh, a minute ago. Yes. Wrestling with Emotions, yes. which is another upcoming. All like RPGs, all way you know like none of them i think are just straight fighting games as i understand it it's all got you know very like character Mm. character oriented and and i just i am fascinated when that sort of thing comes up in the zeitgeist and i know that wrestling is is quite big um a lot of people who are video game fans are also wrestling fans and and i guess that's potentially where a lot is coming from but to just sort of spring up into like a lot of indie devs suddenly making games that are visually and gameplay wise pretty diverse from the looks of things but yeah. around this theme mm. of what if you took the the personas personas and the um you know the the heel face stories from wrestling and, and turn that into an yeah. rpg is just it's just so so interesting and so fascinating that that's that's really well, springing up you know i love that my theory is all these people who grew up in the 90s watching wrestling and playing Final Fantasy VII on their PS1s yes. are now in a position like, in companies to be creative directors. Yes. It's like, we just realised you can get all your toys out of the box and yes. play with them all at once if you want. I, I love that Absolutely. feeling. Absolutely. As an adult in a creative industry, I know that feeling and it's such a good one. Yeah. And I'm really happy for these devs that get to, that get to do that. It's so fun. Uh, because you've mentioned wrestling with emotions, I feel compelled to say that Team Laserbeam, who I'm working on Wrestling with Emotions, did a game in 2020 called Teenage Blob. It oh. costs like oh, two yes. quid. It'll take you 40 minutes to play. Ooh. It's got a soundtrack by the Super Weeks, which is Midwestern emo. That yeah. game fucking rules. Have you played oh. Teenage Blob? I have. Oh my god, I did not know that. It's, it's like it was it, like oh. one of the like you said, like there was like moments in games, like when like album games were coming out, like that was yes. one of the ones that I played. It's like, it's like, I remember the skateboarding level. So being amazed, like really fun. So, but yes, oh, what the a music is good. Game. I didn't know that. So, That's so a good, good uh, connection. Fun, fun. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. <gasps> a teenage Blob. Check it out. And yes, album games. There's another podcast episode. We need to do one on album Ooh, games. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, we should I definitely got... do that. Right. Get okay. it, get it in the spreadsheet. Somebody got the spreadsheet. Oh, hold on, right down. Hold on there. <laughs> <laughs> the in-discovery episode ideas spreadsheet is huge um yeah hopefully if if you've made it this far into the episode good news for you is is yeah yeah Mm -hmm. gang if you enjoy the podcast it's not going anywhere anytime soon people are going to physically stop us (laughs) (laughs) Uh, some of the ideas like are just so feral though i love it i can't wait till we do some of them we get the best feedback on our most feral episodes so i think yeah that's very very true (laughs) like i'm i'm a little i'm really enjoying this one i'm a little worried it's going to be too staid you know we've only collapsed into cackles (laughs) two three times it's It's because we're so tired i know that's the thing this is this is why we we were right to do a PAX roundup. It's like it's it's the only thing we can handle at the end of this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very, a cool very true. PAX demos roundup. Hell yeah! As friend of the podcast Yolly once said, uh, <laughs> she prefers it when we don't talk about games and rely heavily on the bullshit. So good news, <laughs> that's coming. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Rachel. Um, what was your third choice? Um, my third choice was, can we please have a little break so I can edit this Last of Us news story? Uh, <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. 
what I don't get? Mm-hmm. Trash, um, what do you even call them? In sinks in America. Like, like oh, like garbage. The, the garbage disposal. Garbage yes. disposal, yeah. yeah we I, don't, used to I have, don't get it. We used to have one of those and we like never used it. Which surely it just clogs oh. the sink up eventually anyway, because even if you grind it up, it's going to like leave a residue at the bottom of the pipe, right? Wrong? I, just, I don't know. I don't really know. I, I've seen too many horror films to like... Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I would like... Every single time I, I used it, I would never go near it, yeah. I'd have like mm. Call of the Void in my head every time being like, put your oh. finger in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, when I was... Uh, Intrusive when I was, thoughts. <laughs> yeah, what if they win? <laughs> when I was 10, yeah. we moved to a house with a, with a garbage disposal for some unknown reason. And uh, yeah, it was like... Oh, oh God. Just, just really scary. Um, and when we redid the kitchen a few years later, we just got rid of it, I think. so. Oh, How God. weird. Imagine mm. having that with like kids and stuff. I just wouldn't trust it. I... Well, they put the hamster down it or something. Sorry about that. <laughs> Isn't that that's from a horror film? Not hereditary, but something. With that the is definitely kids. like honestly, garbage disposals, <laughs> garbage disposals and blenders. Um, oh. The worse, the worse the horror film, the more I guarantee you someone's sticking their hand in there at some point. Yeah, true. Oh, I hate it. I can't. St- any kind of we've talked about this. Any kind of body horror just fucks me up. Same, absolute same. I think that okay. that's not the worst one for me but i don't i don't love it no um <laughs> not a fan <laughs> yeah and and yeah it really does link into that whole intrusive thoughts thing right you just can't sit in a room with one of those and not be like yeah mm. right yeah no i used to have like like really really weird i guess most people probably did when they were kids but I used to have like really like overall intrusive thoughts about like what if i did this and like I got my head cut off or something i've definitely had the whole um crossing a bridge and just holding your keys and being like what if I just threw these keys off the screen? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I know, right? Okay. I get like yeah. properly wobbly legs when I'm on a high place and I'm like trying to take a picture. Oh, we went to the top of, um, what's the big church called in Barcelona that's still not finished? Oh, the... De Familia, uh, maybe? Yes, that's mm-hmm, the one. Mm-hmm. We went there a few years ago in Barcelona and I'm not very good with heights and we went to the top of one of the towers and just like, it didn't feel stable because it was so tight and claustrophobic and I was like feeling Ugh. very like, oh my God, like wobbly legs. Yeah. And then Yolly didn't, Yolly was like, oh, your phone's better. Can I borrow your phone to take some pictures? And I was like, yeah, of course. So I gave her my phone and she was holding the phone and she leant out <gasps> of one of the windows and <laughs> held my phone over the, she'll, <laughs> I'll leave this in because she'll hate me telling this story. She, she leant <laughs> over and she held the phone out, you know, above the ground and honestly, I like, I just fell to the ground because my legs just gave oh, away with how yeah. much I was like feeling like <laughs> vertigo. And she was like, what are you doing? And I was like holding on the wall. I was like, you need to give me my phone back. <laughs> I can't cope. Oh, I need to get down off this. You know, I've paid like 40 euros that. to be up there. Oh, like, take oh my me down. God. Take mm. me down, wife. I can't be up here any longer. That's, I've only been, I've only been to see it from the outside. Um, and now I'm kind of yeah. glad. Oh, cool inside. Although Very I was cool. actually like to be fair, when I when I went to the top of the Eiffel Tower, I was surprisingly okay. But yeah, well, yeah I was a wreck at the top of the Eiffel Tower. Oh, babes. oh my god, <laughs> I, I can't do it. I just can't. I get if you're like because I don't even consider myself. I'm not more scared of heights than average. I don't think you know. Mm-hmm. I think I have a normal human reaction to heights, but I'm sort of all right. Yeah. So I can imagine yeah if you have if you have a problem like specifically around heights, that would be yeah god it's not Jeez. good yeah no. it was really but yeah it was it was quite funny though because when i went i went on a school trip when i was 15 or 16 yeah and um 
Yeah, because I was, you know, I was always the anxious kid, even though we didn't call it that then. You know, everyone was like, oh, yeah. Rebecca's going to yeah. be, Rebecca's going to be a real mess all through this. And actually, because everyone told me what a mess I was going to be, I was quite fine. Everyone else was like, no. Hey, good for you. <laughs> but yeah, we got up and I was like, well, isn't this funny? That yes. rules. Yeah, yeah, who's laughing now? Yeah, Fuck like literally one of the teachers was like, okay, everyone's got to go to the top. Like there's going to be some sort of like penalty at the, at the, uh, not like a serious one, but like a joke one at the. A hostel tonight if people don't go to th- and like he got sick and had to go down halfway oh, <laughs> amazing. Yes. i love that take that yes yes here's a question for you both would mm-hmm. you ever bungee jump or skydive yeah don't see the point oh, <laughs> yeah, ooh, two very weird, weirdly the same energy behind both those know, answers yeah. uh, right we're just the yeah, same tone, no. totally different answers <laughs> well i want to what's what's your justification rachel you just like you acted there like I'd said, would you have brown bread over white? Like, <laughs> Oh, I wouldn't do that. So, so blase. Oh, my God. <laughs> Absolutely not. White bread for life. I'm not, I'm not eating bread to be healthy. I'm eating it because I want fair, carbs. And I'm very like, fair. Oh, dear. Um, so yeah, Rebecca, you would, why you not? You skydive? I just don't. I don't see the point. I'm like, I, I'm not. I'm not scared of doing it, but it's going to be such an administrative thing to go through for something that I have no strong feelings on either way that I'm just like... <laughs> Sorry, what? you wouldn't you wouldn't do it for the faff. Yeah. You're like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to fill in a form. That's yeah. the only reason you wouldn't do it. Yes. <laughs> no, but that's valid because when my dad did it last year, um, they had to delay it like three times because one of the weather. So you mm. have to be free to skydive whenever. All Same right. with hot air balloon rides. And yeah, apparently he had to fill in one form. So I understand Rebecca. It's quite a Yeah. Lot. It's just, I don't, I don't want to do it. I don't not want to do it. I don't want to do it. If it was like something that was presented to me as an easy and safe thing I could just do in 20 minutes, I'd probably have yeah. a go. But since Same it with would be jumping, so much then? planning. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Both of them. So much planning. I would just be like, nah, I've got a bet. If I'm going to plan a day out, I'm going to plan something that I'd like to do actively. Hmm. I'm so. flabbergasted. <laughs> Meanwhile, Rachel, I guess, yeah, if someone said to you, do you want to jump out of a plane? You'd be like, yeah, I've got 15 yeah. minutes free. Why not? <laughs> what the hell? I, I, think I wish more, I had I'm more partial bravery. to um, the bungee jump over the skydive. You know what? I love a zipline. A zipline like, is do great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can see okay. that. Zipline is yeah. good. I think for me, yeah, zipline, then a, a bungee jump, and then a skydive, I think. You know, um, wow. This is going to sound really weird. I'd rather skydive than bungee jump if it was like Ooh, a straight choice. What? Yeah. Interesting. Because, okay, so the bungee jump is like, that's, you end up sort of really upside down. It, sort yeah. of, it feels like it jolts yeah. you around a lot more. Whereas the skydive is like, you know, it would you get the experience of flying, right? So that's a, that's got a nice thing going for it. True. But yeah, I, I don't fancy bungee jumping. And Liam, I you're guess. just zero, nothing, <laughs> neither. Yeah, you know what I like? Being on the ground, like where we <laughs> I mean, belong. The better option i'm not denying okay but can you do a trampoline um so this is the thing we we're talking about this before we started recording right about how because you're turning 30 in like three days i am um, and so we were just saying that like the joke is is when you turn 30 it all goes downhill but i actually mm. think that has been true for me it has all gone downhill since i've turned 30 what before 30 i loved swings i loved swings i loved trampolines <laughs> Any kind of like, you know, base level mm. playground equipment, a big fan. Since I've hit 30, my inner ear does not agree with swings. I do two oh. or three rounds on a, two or three swings 
and I have to get off because I feel a bit dizzy and sick. And it's the same on a trampoline. <laughs> I cannot do it. I've never been good on rides. I've never been good on fairground rides or roller coasters or anything like that. But now even my precious swings no. can't. They're not part of my life anymore. And I'm devastated. I am so, so no. sad for you. Thank and... you. But imagine me doing a skydive knowing <laughs> that. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm just now I'm a little worried on my own behalf now because I like, know in this conversation earlier, I was saying that like, basically it's just been a, it's been a sort of plateau, slight steady decline since my early twenties. And I didn't feel yeah. when I hit 30 that <laughs> yes. it got worse. But then I realised I turned 30 in 2020. I turned 30 in the, the height of the <gasps> pandemic. I haven't done enough since I turned 30 to really get a baseline. So now I'm like, oh, no. I was, this was going to be the year. This is going to be the year I started doing water parks again and like maybe a theme Ooh, park yeah. or something. And now I'm like, oh no, what if it's, what if it has all gone? What if I've lost the spark and I didn't even know oh, it was coming? No. no. <gasps> hopefully not. Hopefully yeah, not. Hopefully we'll, not. Hopefully we'll have not. to see. Um, yeah. But yeah, so, oh, scared now. It's okay. Oh, Happy God. birthday, Rachel. <laughs> yeah, Thank good luck. Thank you. Yeah, we were joking that I'm literally going to wake up the morning of Monday and be like, ah, <laughs> like just a crack in my just back. Just bones turn to dust, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Um, I I am I am not sure when this segged back into podcast, but I've enjoyed this part. Um, it's been great. Yes, I, think, it's been great. I think from the skydiving conversation, I think we'll uh, I think we'll should cut leave back it in from in. This has been good. Um, yeah. But, are we all back? Are we all officially back now? Can we? Can we? Yes, yeah, I think we are. Yeah, How yeah, many yeah. more? We got two, two, three more games. Three um, more, one each, yes. and then one joint one. I think. Yeah. We have the, the ultimate bestest, bestest. Well, it was until someone brought up a really great game. So Sorry. thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, I'm, I'm literally could not hide how jealous I was. <laughs> you looked like you'd been punched. You look so sad. You look genuinely upset. Yeah, I, I, I'm, honestly, I couldn't look at you. I felt so bad. <laughs> it just sounds like such a good game. God damn oh, it! Anyway, out. my next game is Pizza Possum, a Yay, game where you run around as cool. a as a feral possum, eating eating a bunch of food in this kind of outdoorsy mediterranean seaside yeah. town um yeah both me and liam played this game i played it i was like you gotta play this game it's such it's your energy like <laughs> this like chaotic like ball of, of feral energy in this game um and yeah essentially you play as a possum with a cute little hat uh massive hands which i kind of noticed his hands aren't big oh, but they're yeah. like they're like grab worthy hands like he's grabbing he's swiping <laughs> as he's moving through so it's kind of um a stealth game meets like yeah kind of like chaotic platformer where you're running around grabbing food and also hiding from like these <laughs> these patrolling like dogs who i don't think they're the police but they're just like could you not steal food please because that's kind of rude and the possum's like no i'm gonna steal all the food i want so you run around as this possum you get keys to open gates. It's quite quick. It's snappy. You can hide in like berry bushes to like kind of outwit the dogs. There's other animals that you can like like push out the way and like snatch food from their hands. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just really fun. And I, I think I was saying to you, Liam, I was like, I really hope this is like, it's going to be turned into a co-op game. And it is. Like, on the Steam page, it says that it's going to be oh, like a nice. co-op game. Yeah, so there's going to be a bunch of you, whether you be, like, a possum or maybe you have, like, a raccoon and a possum or whatever, running around oh, a very sweet. overcooked style, um, swiping pizzas and junk food as you go. And, yeah, it was just a really great demo. Uh, I had a lot of fun with it. And, yeah, 
you can see more of our, of our impressions on them. We did a, a, a video on it, a supporter-only video, but yeah, it's great. I feel like you also mentioned uh, Untitled Goose Game as a as a yes. comparison there, which with the with the multiplayer now even more so because I I played that with yes. my partner in multiplayer and it was a great time. Oh, did you? Um, yes. Okay. So like yeah, this this um, possum lovely has lovely the stuff. cheeky energy of the goose from Goose Game. <laughs> oh, that's, like I thought they'd yeah. be like the Essential. ultimate criminal duo, um, possum and goose. Oh, Actually, they'd, they'd be too powerful. It'd be too powerful. <laughs> they'd be like yeah, at, like a crim- really criminal would. empire. <laughs> <laughs> this possum and this goose but yeah the, the, oh. what if you the pizza possum you... is like the goose after a red bull is maybe how i describe <gasps> it oh my yes. god like yeah. popping candy red bull battery acid <laughs> yes. the one. main character from donut county was another another thing i kind of got from, yes. from looking at yeah. just the, the footage yeah um it, it gave me i don't know why because obviously you've seen way more of it than I have. Would you agree with the Donut County vibes there? Because that's what first came to my mind before Untitled Goose Game, um, I think, when I saw it. It's got the kind of chaotic, bit. like... I don't know, it had that chaos energy that I associate with Donut County, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I'd say definitely the chaos energy. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like, yeah, I don't know why. I just looked down and I was like... Maybe mm. it's just a food thing. Maybe it's a food thing, is what I thought. Because I was like, pizza, yeah. donuts. The I can see why. Donut County. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and the and the raccoon, of course. So yeah, oh, of course awesome. the raccoon as well. Yeah, yeah. So is it called Pizza Possum, Rachel, yes. or is there yes. a different name that we called it during Pax East? <gasps> did we call what? it something else? What did you yeah, call it? Yeah, because we were in the show office, and so what happens at Pax? This has happened to both West and East. Is mm. that it gets to a point where Rachel and I are fucking done with the day, <laughs> but we have to be back at the show office, and I have to upload footage, and Rachel has to write supporter posts, and we just go feral. And we just start to basically mm. just make like noises at each other and like make each other laugh. Oh, I and we're see sat this in going. total silence. And out of nowhere, Rachel just goes, Pizza Possum. <laughs> just like, and I just kept saying it like that for the rest of the show. Pizza Possum. Pizza Possum. Yeah. Oh, it's really, really good though. It's properly it's, good fun. It, it looks and sounds fantastic. Uh, another thing on this yeah. podcast, oh. which we pronounce in a very specific way. But yeah, pizza poisson. Uh, pizza poisson. It was, yeah, and it was very quiet. And I said it with, to be fair, it was just us two in like another part of the office. Yeah, it um, was just us two there at that but, point, to be fair. Oh yeah. my God. That was, yeah, because if people were there, I don't think, I don't. I don't think they'd invite us back, to be honest. No, I was going to say that. Um, oh, but yes, Pizza Possum, so very funny. good. Cozy Computers, the developers. Um, actually, I yep. think it might be one guy. He was very nice. We didn't unfortunately get to interview him because time schedules oh, didn't yeah. work out so much. But yeah, he was great. Definitely keep an eye on this game. Yeah, sure. very fun. Very exciting. Mm, I awesome. think if you like Goose Game and Overcooked, it's definitely one to keep an eye on. Yeah, Pizza Possum. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> was that a Boston accent? Yes. I'm I'm clearly behind on saying it, so I need to just sit here. I'm going to mute my mic. I'm going to say pizza possum another pizza possum another pizza twenty possum. or thirty times. Um, and Love it. Yeah. The the last game I want to talk about is a game again that Rachel didn't play. Um, mm. This was another one that I played after after you left. Um, this is Cobalt Core by Rocket Rat Games, uh, being published by Brace Yourself. Rocket Rat, I was looking at their Steam page before we started recording. They've only made one of the game called Sunshine Heavy Industries, which I've heard of but never played. Mm. Um, very thematically similar 
in that you basically, I think Sunshine Heavy Industries is a puzzle game where you build spaceships to specification. Mm-hmm. And Cobalt Core is, uh, I would say Cobalt Core is like faster than light meets Slay the Spire. Ooh. So you control a spaceship. I think there's a couple of different spaceships in the game. Each have their own pros and cons. And your ship is uh, crewed by a bunch of animals. And each animal represents a set of cards that are in your deck. So if you might have a, I don't know, a rat that is an engineer, and that rat will give you a specific cards that might help you repair your ship or do engineering related things. Um, mm. So you are going around this map, uh, clicking on nodes to progress, a bit like Slay the Spire, a bit like Faster Than Light. And sometimes you get into combat situations with other spaceships. The difference between this and something like Faster Than Light or Slay the Spire is the position of your ship compared to the enemy ship depends on how you take damage. So you'll be positioned in front of the ship to start with, and that ship will have different components on it. It'll have a cockpit, it'll have different cannons, and a bit like Slay the Spire, it will indicate to you what this ship is going to do next turn. So if it's going to take a shot, two red lines will appear if it's got two cannons where those shots are going to hit. So you can use your turns and your cards to move out the way. So some cards let you evade. So you might get two movement points if you draw a card with evade on it. And this will let you shift out of the way of the enemy attacks. So you've got a balance between doing damage to the enemy ship, avoiding damage from the enemy ship, and also doing things like putting down a shield for a couple of turns, or maybe trying to get a hit in on a weak point, which is normally the cockpit. And although it's not really doing much in terms of like innovation in that space, it's doing it's it's combining a bunch of different ideas together in a way that just makes sense. And it's one of those oh. games where you play it and you're just like, how does this not already exist? Like how <laughs> how has no one else thought of like, what if we take the ship mm. management systems from Faster Than Light and combine them with Slay the Spire? Mm. And Rockerat are doing that. It's really cute really fun it felt very complete already um even in this early demo uh as we were the pr i was sat in a room with a pr as i was playing and a shop character gave me a really cool card and the pr was like i have not seen that card yet (laughs) that's really cool cool. so seems to be a lot of variation um yeah feels like the kind of game i'm gonna lose a hell of a lot of time to when it comes out on my steam deck uh very fun (laughs) tactical card game definitely keep an eye on it (gasps) that's so cool so how does the the deck building work like where do you get cards from and stuff i actually don't know how the deck building works the demo i played was fairly straightforward uh just kind of like put me in a run already Mm, with a deck mm. of cards already there but yeah, I'm curious. I'm, I'm hoping you can like find new crew members and swap them out as well as these different ships that give you different benefits and different play styles. They were saying there's one ship where you've got two guns, but they alternate which one fires. So you've got to shift <gasps> the ship left and right cool. to make sure that the enemy ship's always on the side where your gun's firing. So huh. yeah, interesting. Very smart. So I like a smart game. It's got like the ship building and and ship management side and then it's got the card side specifically animal based i have i have more questions about animals 
<laughs> yeah, go for it. I mean, that was kind of it. That was kind of my yeah. question is animals. Yeah, hmm. again, I wish I'd I wish I'd asked more. <laughs> you know, they they imply that basically each animal had a role on the ship and that mm. role dictated the type of cards that would be placed in your deck. Oh, that's cool. So so kind of within the fiction is like a spaceship crewed by animals. Yes. Yes. Oh, sorry. I did I not explain that very it, well? It yeah. could be my Friday brain completely just just missing the headline on that. But I, mean, I was I'm I like so. Also, is it so like, tired. Is it like a ship? Kind of not. This is going to sound really gross, and I apologise for undercutting what sounds like a lovely game. I was like, is the ship kind of made from animals in like a kind of high concept level, or oh, is it crewed God. by animals? Um, I can see why you thought that. No, it's crewed by animals. Okay, that's, so that's adorable. The other one is it's a little... basically like Star Fox. Yeah. So, oh my God, no, it's not like a horrific spaceship I didn't think, oh no, that I didn't has think it was like, like rat corpses on. <laughs> I didn't think it was going to be like that, but I was like, you know, you can have these yeah. where like, oh, this this bit is represented by like a concept that you know has similarities with right. the rat in quite a high no, level way. Um, literally, just your engineer cool. is like a fox. Or oh, that a rat is so cute. Some kind that of animal. Adorable. Yeah, it's really really cute. Yeah. Very Star Foxy, which I really oh, appreciate. Nice. Oh, yeah. Again, it's nice cool. to see all the people yeah. who grew up with Star Fox getting to uh, <laughs> yeah, getting to again, bring right? their ideas yeah. into the indie space now. Well, Nintendo cool, ain't bloody cause... gonna make one. So, oh god, I know. Uh, <laughs> on their Steam page, it, it says it's it was up for an honorable mention for excellence in design uh, from IGF. And I'm just having I a look at the it. other the other mentions. So it was up with for honorable mention with Sits and Sleeper, Curse to Golf, Terra Nil, Tinykin. Like these are all like really good games. Potion Craft. Oh, wow. Like um and then the the um so the actual nominations were like Neon White, Betrayal at Club Low, Stacklands, which is another amazing card game. So yeah, it's in like some pretty good pedigree there. Mm. Like Yeah, it really is. I'm impressed. <laughs> Adding I am to wish not list. surprised by that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. As we talk, I haven't added it yet. There it goes. And thematically, again, I feel like it's lent itself really well to the last game that you both wanted to talk about, which you both, yeah. you both oh, put yeah. onto your highlights. So I do want to know, Animal Well, right? Hell yeah. Animal um, Well. Um, <laughs> so me and Liam had, you know, both heard about Animal Well before we were, mm-hmm. we went. Uh, I mean, a lot of us have uh, LPS. We're quite keen on this game from the sounds of it and from who we've talked to on the team. And so we were quite keen to play the game, maybe talk to um, the devs. Obviously, it's it's big mode, so it's Dunkey's game. Maybe chat to Dunkey. Didn't happen. Um, did chat to Leah, though, who was very nice. But yeah, about the game, uh, we kind of rocked up. Uh, the booth was, it was before everyone was allowed in. So uh, it was media time. So we sat down, played the game. And I feel like we both came out of our respective demos and were just like, this, this game is so good. Like, oh, I just, I just knew it. When you, you know, when you play a demo and you just know immediately, you're like, this is something really special. That I had that moment with Animal Well completely and utterly. Like this game is... I mean, it doesn't do necessarily anything new, but it mm. does what it does really well. <laughs> Unlike that sentence. Um, but that's just how much like I'm excited about this game. I It felt pretty complete. I don't have a release date yet, but I was like, this game could come out next week and I think it'd be pretty great. Um, in good yeah. condition, the build would be good. But yeah, the, the game is on a timer. The demo was on a timer for 10 minutes. So everyone... 
like kind of explores at their own pace and can explore different aspects of the demo. So walking past the booth later, like looking at people and where they were within the demo, it was like, oh, that's interesting. Didn't see that aspect. Because a big part of Animal Well is you are this blob who has been kind of um, transported to the subterranean mystical land where there are these yeah. creatures who are kind of cute but also some of them are kind of scary there's a, there's definitely like a sense of like mythos to the world it's very mm. hollow night in terms of the vibes of the atmosphere and so yeah you're this blob who um the the inputs are very minimal like during the demo we could like jump and that was it later on we got like one power which lets you kind of like um release um what would you say liam it was like like fire or rockets like a firecracker like a firecracker but um yeah you're left to basically explore this area um and just figure your way through this labyrinth maze where there are like hidden hidden caverns and tunnels that you wouldn't necessarily think are there until you actively like move against a wall or like jump in a certain direction you're like oh wow this is cool and yeah, it was just, yeah, great. It was a really amazing game. And uh, I'm really happy that they've got Big Mode behind them. Because I, I think the whole thing with like um, Big Mode and them, you know, choosing a game, I think there's a lot of pressure on the game that was going to be represented by Big Mode, like for whatever reasons, mainly those of Dunkey and his channel and all that. But you know what? They No worries. Animal Well is amazing. It's brilliant. So... Yeah, Liam, what did you think of it? You know when you play a game and <laughs> you you just know that it's been made with a deft and precise hand. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you 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 every single pixel feels considered and placed with with reason. You, Ten minutes with this game and you were just like, "Yep, yeah, I, I get it. I, I get why this is a labor of love." And you know you found something here and you just polished it to a sheen like rachel said it felt complete and you can tell that at a booth you, you can tell when you sat down with a game kind of where it's at mm-hmm. and a lot of the time i feel like it shows when you're playing things that are maybe early in development you've got to understand like you know we know how games are made we know they're incredibly difficult sometimes you've got to like look past the jank slightly to kind of see the core yeah. of the thing mm-hmm. um you didn't have to do that with this at all you know it looked visually stunning the graphics are all 2D pixel, but um, developer Billy has put in a load of um, modern sort of like lighting effects and stuff. So I think your like corner vision is based on where you are in the level. So like Rachel said, you you might not be able to see hidden passageways and stuff until you're like mm. right next to them and like your character can physically see through them or they're blocked by something. And when you're, when you're throwing like the firecrackers, they diffuse this smoke that moves through the tunnels realistically. Even though you're looking at like what what you know visually resembles a 16-bit game, and it's just so smart, and it feels like the kind of game where you're going to be able to play it repeatedly and find new things every time. And I do think yeah. it's being built purposefully for that kind of player. Very very good. We played it on PS5. It looked gorgeous on an OLED screen. And Rachel played it on a Steam Deck, and it looked just as at home there as well. Yeah, th- this is one of those games where you pick it up and you're like. I wouldn't be surprised if come December, this is high on my list of games of the year. I know yeah. that's like a nothing thing to say when I haven't played it. I get that. But you sometimes you play things like this and you just like feel special. 
It feels special. It in feels the hands. so good. I I yeah. get you completely. I think that it you know it isn't too early to say if you've mm. you've both come in with this reaction to it. That was like it is yeah. so mm-hmm. so polished and so gripping. And and yeah, I do think that you know sometimes you need to see a game to the end and sit with it for a while, and then you'll like yeah. know how much you love it. But I I think it is legitimate to say that like after ten minutes, it just I was so in the world that I know yeah. I'm going to love it is also yeah. a really legit thing to say. Um, yeah. <laughs> let, let the uh, let the advent calendar guessing game start now. Oh, yeah. Also, I'll like, get people do that. Oh, yeah. shit, they do. Also, solo dev, he, he's yeah. making it wow. on his own. Billy Basso. Shout out to Billy Basso, which is also... Billy Basso. Another great, great name. Dev Another great name. <laughs> yeah. He was, we interviewed him as well. You can find that on the supporter, supporters channel. Um, yeah, you did a great chat with him. Is, I really oh, like that video. He was, he was so giving as an interviewer. I was like, mm. the stuff he was saying, I was like... Because <laughs> he was like kind of facing the camera and I'm just turned directly to like face, like <laughs> side profile him like... Tell us more, Billy. Like he was so interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is it a requirement of solo indie dev that you have to have a really nice name? <laughs> Apparently, it so. it seems yeah. to be. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Oh. Billy Basso and Andrew Quist. <laughs> yeah. So good. Oh. Yeah. Awesome. Good game. That, oh. that, was that again doesn't have a release show. date. Yeah, it was our game of the show for yeah. sure. Um, but yeah, nice. no release date on that yet. Um, but yeah, wouldn't be surprised if it was soon. It felt really complete. Just the idea that they were giving players the opportunity to just explore how, like, as they liked, yeah, makes yeah. me feel that they're quite confident in, yeah, the way that a game is, mm. the shape it's in. So yeah, I'm I'm I mean, with yeah. you, Liam, as well. I feel yeah. like it's potential game of the year. I just feel it. Mm. If it's this year, I mean, I was about to say like super telling that it's game of the show for you both, but you know, if yeah. you're both yeah. looking at it as a potential game of the year already. That is intriguing. I think. Yep. Yeah, I have one a few already. That's definitely adding to the the list, my list. Mm. Very, very cool. Are we at the point where we have done PAX East show floor highlights? Yes. I think Are we so? happy? I think so. I am. Thank you so much for for telling me all that. I was it. It's like I was there. It's like I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> there was this guy with a um with like a, a robot with an iPad on it, and I was like, "Let's get Rebecca up in here." Like, <laughs> oh yeah, oh, I, I'd love to with be the your person robot on the iPad. I'll do that. Yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. We're gonna have to get you to a show. Well, definitely. you know, definitely. If people would like to see, I don't know, like an Indiscovery live show. Um, oh yeah. Just tell 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 us. Tell us, and then we can tell our bosses. Please tell us. And I can, oh, yeah, good point. I can yeah. lean you, on them to send me You leave things. a comment that says, verbatim, I love these three, and I would like to come see them live at EGX in September. October, even. October. Sorry, shit. That's still verbatim, by the way. I want you to write September, September or wait, no, no, I mean October, October shit. shit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, we can send that to our bosses and be like, gotta Look do it. Gotta this. put us on that stage. Yeah. Bit of live bullshit. Unlock Rebecca's <laughs> guide's want. cage. It's time. Release. <laughs> Let us be feral in public, please. Yes. It's like something out of Jurassic Park. <laughs> the, the water droplets. <laughs> and there's just someone us. holding a can of can of monster, yeah. and the monster. The... That is pretty accurate to when we were at EGX last year, and I saw a burrito stand. To be fair, I was like, it was all the way across the across the. <laughs> 
Terminator it. And I was yeah. like, I'm going. I know it's like a quarter of a mile walk to this stupid burrito stand, but I want one so badly, I'm going. Oh, I love that. Amazing. <laughs> I had the worst right. bagel of my life at EGX last year. Just absolutely oh, no. rancid. Oh, oh, it was like it? a um, like a Reuben bagel and Ed and I had the same one. And I did that thing as well where Ed was like, I don't know what to have. And I was like, you know what? Let's get a Reuben bagel. You follow me, oh. kid. I'll get you a good lunch. And it was just absolutely <laughs> shy. All right. Well, definitely get burritos with me next time then because the burrito is really good for conference, oh. for convention center food. So yeah, okay. We'll get I a want a burrito too. Uh, I want a burrito now. Should I? Mm. Oh, anyway. Yeah, that sounds good. Don't need to do my meal planning live on the podcast because we still yes, have you to do. do. We still have to do hyperfixations, assuming that you've had time to hyperfixate on anything in oh. particular. Oh, I yes. Have. There was a lot of enthusiasm from Liam there. I feel like we should start with Liam. Yeah, wow, Liam, you're like bursting with hyperfixation energy. My whoa, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> I want to talk about the game my right so I get back from <laughs> I've killed Rachel yeah. uh, for a few months Alice B has been writing on the site about Power Wash Simulator um, uh-huh. a game I played when it was it was like a free prototype demo years ago that I played and I never touched it since and every time Alice wrote about it I was like I need to try this out I really need to try this game out mm-hmm. So I got it in the Steam sale just before we left for PAX and didn't touch it. And when I got back home, um, a friend of the podcast, Yolly, has been away this week. So I came back to an empty house and I was absolutely exhausted. And I was waiting for my Domino's pizza to arrive. And I picked up my Steam Deck and I thought, you know what? Let's try out this game. That was Monday. We're on Friday now. I've played eight and a half hours of it. Oh my which God. For wow. me, it's like a <laughs> hell of a lot of time. That game just smooths my brain like nothing (laughs) else i've ever played it is like coloring in it's like tidying up it's like hoovering it's it's just one of these things where you you see chaos and it lets you bring order in a way that is smooth and satisfying and those are the type of games i love weirdly in my head it sits in the same pocket is games like vampire survivors and dynasty warriors and power wash simulator they all let me look at chaos and find order within it it is a beautiful game to half play i've watched so many <laughs> yeah. episodes of the simpsons while playing it i've nice. watched so many episodes of like resident evil 4 reviews what a game a surprisingly deep and complete experience that I can see why it has overwhelmingly positive reviews. I understand mm-hmm. why Alice is obsessed with like the law because I'm starting to oh, see yeah. like it it's incredible. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> what a game. And right after this, Yolly's out again tonight. I'm going <laughs> to put some dinner in the oven and I'm going to sit and play Power Wash Simulator until she gets home. I can't wait. Just what a game. What a thing <gasps> to spend time with. Oh, man. Have you have you power washed uh, Lara Croft's mansion yet? Because they're getting a lot, of, a lot of crossovers with other Square Enix. Um, oh, yeah, they've done Square that. Enix. Well, uh, they got, uh, yeah. uh, Tomb Raider, they've got Final Fantasy VII. Um, yep. I hope they oh. do more. Um, I do as well. Yeah. I will be honest, I've not played this game yet, but I've watched so many live streams of it. Oh, have I sh- you? I should, oh, yeah. I should actually play it because I, I was there. Like nice. I think a lot of people were like, 
what is the point of a game about chores? I'm not going to play a game about chores. I should go do my chores. And then I've watched mm-hmm. hours of streams of it. And at that point, I might as well be playing it because I might as well get these Steam <laughs> yes. achievements and, and love the time. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's great that it's a Square Enix one. Um, the inappropriate yes. joke that's been rattling around my head uh, has been, are they oh, going yeah? to do uh, Life is Strange Arcadia Bay? Do you get to power wash Arcadia Bay after the storm? Uh, I'm not the only person who said it so that I've got that going for me but it's just I can't get the thought out of my head that's another Square Enix iconic <gasps> franchise oh my god that they could bring in and it would be the worst thing you ever saw well I was gonna but make a joke about <laughs> so like funny. earlier today when I was thinking about this I was like I'm gonna have to mention Life is Strange for to Rebecca because it'd be really funny I did not think you were gonna pull out the <gasps> after the disaster where loads of people die <laughs> do it how else could they do it there's a one big obvious elephant in the room moment oh. in life is strange how long would, would it be... take you to clean all of arcadia bay with just a single power washer so like long. well it took me two hours to clean a fucking kid's playground god knows how long it'll take me to clean that. just an entire town that's been completely raised to the ground oh my god <laughs> it, I, I hope they uh, do more dlc it was the final mm. fantasy dlc that made me finally take the plunge and buy it so it does look so good what is yeah. it so good what is the thing you clean in that dlc in the final fantasy yeah so i haven't played it yet but i think it's a couple of levels and i think you clean seventh heaven you clean oh. a shinra like shinra 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 it's definitely not shinra is it that's way too it, I, I, mean, it's, um, I have shinra. no idea isn't it i don't is it shinra is it oh, shinra the R Shin-ra. is capitalised, which suggests Shinra. <laughs> Shinra. <laughs> you, um, <laughs> that's pretty tickled me. Uh, yeah, you clean like a bunch of like the robots and the enemies. Um, oh, that's in cool. a Shinra, and I think you also clean like one of the Mako plants, which again, quite funny. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, Cloud Life yeah. as well. I think is in there. Yes, I think so. Yeah, but apparently, when you're cleaning Seventh Heaven, like Tifa is just texting you and being like, <laughs> "Oh God, sorry, it's so messy in here." <laughs> Oh my I god! Actually, the so stream funny. I was watching the other day—they just got to that level uh, when they had to oh, end yeah. the stream, and yeah, it is. You look at that, and you're like, all the way through. Whenever I watch Power Wash Simulator, I'm like, what has happened in this place? Because it's like, oh, it basically horrible things. If you got to the end and it was like, oh, this is Arcadia Bay after the storm, I wouldn't be surprised because the place is a flipping wreck. Like it's just yeah. how every surface is this coated in grime is a is a question for the ages. But when it's the interior of the bar. <laughs> and it's on the ceiling <laughs> and you're oh. like how how is it on I, the ceiling in my head canon everyone in this little town where i live is just like had an epidemic of norovirus and everyone's <laughs> just shit their brains out no matter where they were stood oh. just to like an explosive horrific degree and i'm just doing the worst job in the world like oh, oh my god, god yeah someone wow. just spread shit all over their house have you seen oh, um, the Power Wash Simulator um, speedrunning? No. Oh my god, the one at um, GDQ where they oh, there's, really? a, there's a yeah there's a team of power washers and they broke the record during the stream. I think they oh cleaned god. the train in like forty five minutes, which is ridiculously fast. That steam train is has all sorts of nooks and crannies that you need to like get right oh in there god. with i'm just trying to find it now um because there's definitely on um youtube somewhere i'm pretty sure it was 45 minutes i know that sounds like quite a long time for a speed run but 
not yeah. not I know this, how long it is. Not this power game. wash. Yeah. Um but uh, yeah, Holy I used shit. to I used to love watching the speedruns of people just absolutely obliterating the dirt from this like very grubby uh, steam train. Uh I'll definitely <laughs> I'm going link to try it to this. You. That sounds incredible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah please do. It's really good. Watch that straight away. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, I really thought that I'd gone as 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 appalling as we were going to go with my whole cleaning up after the natural disaster of the storm and then you talking about people just explosively shooting themselves really really um give me a room for my money on the worst thing we could say on the podcast what i'm here for i'm here to make you two look better at every turn (laughs) i was i was willing to just to just accept my role today as the worst person (laughs) oh dear it's just it's how can you not look at it and just think it like when when they were like oh yeah these things are, are like the, impossibly dirty yeah what are the big square enix franchises are there that we could power wash oh life is strange is a big square enix franchise oh oh no <laughs> oh no but now it's in your head <laughs> so funny incredible oh. Oh. maybe i should go next on the old hyperfixations because actually it does tie in because as Ooh. rachel already knows i have been reading the new life is strange novel that came out mm. last week um, yes which has definitely been my my hyperfixation for the last little while. Um, yeah, they they published uh, the first the first prose tie-in, and you have to be very specific because there have already been like six volumes of the tie-in comics. So oh, it's like right, the first okay. prose tie-in novel came out um, last week, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm I'm here I'm here like I used to read I used to read like a book practically every day and then I got a job and got really into video games and it rotted my brain just like they said it would and so I don't read nearly as much as I used to um but I still did absolutely devour this novel in about five days um Whoa. cool so That's wild. It's, it's not super long it's a 300 page but I used to, like teenage Rebecca would have read it in a day but the fact that I managed it in five days at this point in my life was quite something. hell yeah um yeah I think it's impressive yeah so yeah it's just it's by uh, Rosie Thor who is a young adult author who's uh, she's done a couple of other couple of other novels before this uh, she got commissioned to do the life is strange tie novel called Steph's story which is mm. it is what it sounds like it is the backstory of Steph who is one of the recurring characters and uh, very popular with the fandom and mm-hmm. i yeah Rachel already knows my thoughts on this quite well cuz i wrote a supporter post today that she edited so yes <laughs> it was very yes. good thank you thank you um so yeah i'm trying to um I'm trying to like not just repeat my supporter post verbatim, but it's kind of hard because I I spent so much of yesterday writing it that now I'm like, right, how do you break out of the patterns of what you've written to talk about something in a natural way? Um, because yeah, my takeaway from it was obviously I I loved the book. I was I was really really into it. Um, I am a massive Life is Strange fan. Surprise surprise, I really <laughs> loved it. Um, I recommend it to all the other massive Life is Strange fans, and I know they're out there. <laughs> I know they're out there because I they're see out them there. on, on Twitter there and on dozens Reddit. Of us. <laughs> dozens of us. Dozens. <laughs> dozens. Um, yeah, no, it's just, it's a really nice, it, it is, it's very fan service-y. It doesn't, like, when I heard they were doing a novel, uh, because I love lore, I was like, oh, wouldn't it be nice if there was a novel that, like, explained a bit more about the context of the world and why people are suddenly getting all these, like, superpowers and stuff. Mm-hmm. It really isn't that. It is, it is a novel that bridges bridges a gap in the canon that honestly with my with my critic hat on didn't need to be bridged like oh okay the what happens in that in that span of time is 
as a as a fan of the series who knows the timeline, you could pretty much work out what was going on in there. But it is just really well written, um, mm. like as a yes. character study, and it's it's something that I wouldn't necessarily expect from a video game tie-in novelist to not focus on, not focus on like a lot of plot, not focus on a lot of a lot of lore and development so much as to just be like, okay, here's here's a bit of interiority for this character, and here is what led them to be who they were by the time because um Steph basically is is one of the few characters who recurs across games in Life is Strange she is in Before the Storm which was the prequel that came out in yes. 2017 the prequel to the first game and she was in True Colors which is the latest game that came out in 2021 um oh, right and so canonically here is here is me with just knowing all the dates of everything that ever happened in Life is Strange in canon <laughs> off the top of my head because I'm such a nerd um that is like 2010 I think, and then the gap, and then it picks up again in 2018. So there's like quite a lot of her life that is off screen. Interesting. In the meantime of that, and so the novel is kind of about being like, okay, so you obviously see this person at two quite different times in their life. And here are the two, three years specifically leading up to the second part. And, you know, her Mm. relationships, her career, her experiences, what she's been going through at that point. And it did, to me at least, it, it worked really well. Because oh, okay. there's a lot in True Colors that you can you can suss about Steph. Because one of the things that I love about these games is that they have they convey character not by telling you who the character is, but by showing you who the character is. And the novel did the mm-hmm. same thing, but really reinforced a lot of the same ideas. It didn't feel like it was contradicting anything, which oh, I think okay. is really important in this sort of thing. But it did feel like it was it was showing you more backstory of the same the same characteristics that then go on to make Steph who she is. And another thing I like about these games is that even the nicest character in the canon, which arguably Steph is, is flawed. And you get yes. to understand those flaws more and you kind of see, you know, the history that has led her to be the way she is, that has led her to make some, make some of the choices that she then makes in the game. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if that sounds like the sort of thing you'd be into, if in other words, you are a massive Life is Strange nerd, then I hugely recommend this book. Um, if you like just quite nicely written, quite easy read like young adult, very LGBTQ, very um, sort of mental health aware fiction. It's also really good. Um, if you were hoping to understand Amazing. like why they all got cursed with awesome superpowers, then yeah, don't. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't tell you that at all. But um, yeah, and obviously, I just, I just absolutely devoured that book, and it's uh, pretty much all I've been, all I've been doing this week. So yeah, Ooh, shout amazing. out to Life is Strange: yeah, Death Story by Rosie Thor. That's Rosie with two E's as well, which I think oh. is neat. It sounds like yeah, they really nice. got the tone and the vibe of the of the series oh, yeah. totally spot on. In it the is book. dead on. It is so dead on. Really? Like the character voices for every character. Because <gasps> some, some of the characters from the game turn up near the end as well. It's mostly just Steph oh, okay. and a bunch of original characters, but then characters from the game turn up. And like Rosie Thorne nails every voice as far as I'm concerned. I was like, this is... You, you can imagine them being just the same characters as they are in the game it doesn't feel like it was written by a different writer at all that's so impressive Great. isn't it like as a skill to pick up an existing world and existing characters and to, oh yes to Massive slot them in yeah respect for for people who do i love i love a good tie-in novel like yeah they're hard mm-hmm. to get right but if you can get them right like fantastic and this is yeah this is definitely definitely up there with the really really good ones that i've read um, Damn. yeah what a cool recommendation that's great so I loved it, yeah. yeah, obviously. And uh, now that is enough of me babbling about Life is Strange <laughs> for this episode. 
<laughs> it's gone on for quite we some time. We love it. We, we love, love it. <laughs> but Rachel, we still need to hear from you. Hello. Mine is very quick. My hyperfixation are pins. We got some pins at PAX. Ooh. I <gasps> bought some pins at PAX. You did. And I, I put all my pins together and I have quite a lot of pins. Um, so yeah, I'm just going to talk through just some of the pins I bought all from Fangamer because they seem to make the best gaming merch ever. I bought this Dusa from Hades pin. So it's just her little face. Someone, so a listen- cute. Right, a listener for, from our um, episode on uh, Valentine's Day episode. They said that she was ace. And I was like, hell yeah. So I didn't know that. And so yes, I bought a pin in celebration of Dusa being great ace representation. I also bought this Bug Snacks pin, which is a bunga bunga bunga, and it's on springs. And so when you shake it, it moves around. And then last one, my favorite is this like World of Horror pin, which is a schoolgirl with like a mask on. But what you can do is you can flip up the mask. And underneath is just like a like a void where her face should be. It's so good that pin. It's my favorite one. It yeah, rolls. I was actually I actually wanted to talk a little bit about World of Horror. That was one of my picks if we had like a little bit more time. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, very yeah, very Junji Ito. This oh. pin is so fucking cool. I'm scared to put it on anything because <laughs> I do not want to lose it. So maybe I'm going to get a pin board and I'm just going to stick it on my pin board. But yeah. That's such a nice idea. I just I have lots idea. of pins. <laughs> I literally yeah. watched two days ago the episode of the simpsons where lisa gets really obsessed with olympics pins and she's like made a dress out of them and a hat oh, <laughs> and I, I really that. thought you yeah. were gonna i thought you were gonna come in with like a massive like <laughs> huge well, huge tray collection like that I, yeah whoa, I have a that. Box. that you just showed us yeah i got a box <laughs> um but i that's the thing i don't want them just to be in this i want to you like that guy yeah. that guy from pax who has the coat with all the 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 pins on it <gasps> oh my oh gosh, yeah. he's, amazing. he's amazing. So maybe not that level, but I definitely want a pin board <laughs> to stick all, all of these oh, on. That would be so some, cool. I have an unpacking pin from last time, which is just a box, but it's just just a cute box. Oh, it's so good, oh. that one. And it is last so one, recognizably the unpacking box, though. <laughs> Isn't right? it? Yeah. And then I just I... have some really cute, really cute pins in here that I I don't want them to get scratched or anything. So yeah. That was literally what I was going to mention. Mm-hmm. Where is it? I have too many. Oh, actually, you like The Simpsons. Don't, for both of you, don't you? Yeah. It's yeah. Patty and Selma. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I awesome. love that. That's uh, Patty and, and Selma in bikinis, one. is that what it is? Yeah, they're, they're supposed to be like goddesses. So they've got the, the seashell. Um... That's funny. I like yeah. it. And <laughs> I have seashell a Mr. bras. Uh, yes. <laughs> I don't know what I was going to say. And then I have a Mr. Burns one. Of him with the rotary phone. Oh, that's so funny. Just call me. That's so funny. <laughs> but I have a bunch have of a, pins. Yeah. We, so yeah, we've gotten quite obsessed with Penny Arcade since we've been at PAX. Um, if you'd like to find out more about Penny Arcade, there's a small <gasps> documentary on Rock yes. Paper Shotgun's YouTube channel you can find. I've ended up with like 20 pins now, just from three PAXs, just through osmosis. I just come home every time with more pins. See, you gotta get you got to get a board like me. I'm going to have to get a board. But yeah. Pinny Arcade absolutely rules. That's a great <laughs> hyperfixation and oh, what I understand. <laughs> I just love pins okay. now. I want to buy more pins. Fan Gamer have amazing pins. <gasps> they've got a 
they've got a hypnospace outlaw enforcer pin. And Do they? It was, yeah. And when I got home and I looked at the website because I was like, because I went to the, I went to the fan gamer booth to buy all these. Went yeah, yeah. came home, looked on the website, saw they had a, a hypnospace enforcer pin, and kicked myself so badly that I was literally there. And it's only in the US store. It's not in the EU one. Oh, but, it's the badge oh, as well. Yeah, it's like the official badge. And I was like, God damn it, I should have bought one. Oh, I really wish I'd known that and I would have got one as well. Oh, right? Fan Gamer. For Bloody God's sake. Friend of the podcast, Fan Gamer. <laughs> yes. Oh, I could go through all my pins, but that's, yeah, maybe another episode. <laughs> Just, oh, oh, also, this noise. Oh, oh my Discord pins, is baby. That isn't coming through it. on Discord, but I bet it's going to sound great. I can't wait to hear it in the edit. <laughs> yeah, I'm scared to shake the box louder. <laughs> They just fly everywhere. Oh, yeah. We damaged them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love them oh, so much. I, I am going to say then we should definitely do our um, the show that we talked about on on our favourite video game merch or at least make it a section at some point because I know. Yes. Yeah, definitely. That'd I was showing you guys my plushies two days ago. <gasps> oh, yeah, yeah, you were. Yeah. I was just holding up my plushies to the camera like, <gasps> look at my children. Dream daddy pin. <gasps> I'm so Oh, that rules. <gasps> you have great pins. What the so hell? good. But yeah, we need to do. I agree. I want to show up all my plushies as well. We need to yep. do <laughs> something. With maybe video, that'll be though. our first. Yeah, I was about to say yeah that's maybe that'll be our well first video podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> be a special oh. episode that's video only. <laughs> I like it. I like that well, as an but, idea. I mean, the episodes are on YouTube now. Liam has chucked them on YouTube, haven't you? Yes, very true. Yeah. So we could do it. So, yes, yes, yes. Yes, yeah. yeah. People have asked. People have asked for for a, a video episode so they can tell when it's me or Rachel talking. Because apparently our accents are <laughs> quite similar. We're from completely different parts of the country, but I, yeah, I get we it. are. Yeah, I probably yeah. would. I I struggle with American accents. That apparently people are like, "Well, I'm from California and he's from Ohio. How can you not tell us apart?" And it's like because I don't know California from Ohio, yeah, <laughs> so I wouldn't. I wouldn't well. expect you to know yeah. to know. Cardiff from Leicester. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I definitely had more of like a Welsh accent, it'd be much easier. But yeah. I've not lived in I've not lived in Wales for many years, and so I have, all yeah. got beaten out of me by the English. Mm. Oh. <laughs> One of our many crimes. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yes, I have. I have considered asking you to like Welsh it up a bit, so that we can. Do you really want me to Welsh it up? Because I can put the accent on. Uh, you you go for it. You whatever you're comfortable with. Yeah, this is this is just no. Because my if I really did my Welsh accent, you guys would get sick of it in about five minutes. You know. Oh my god! Wow. Jokes on you. I love it. If I, was I really about to say spoke, if I spoke like this the whole time, like you, yeah, I couldn't. I'd have to watch like a, if if I was to proper do it, I'd watch a season of Gavin and Stacey and then come yes. back on the podcast and, and then I'd be naturally. able to do it. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> Gavin and Stacey. Oh, I love that TV show. I do. Oh, it's my favourite. Oh, I'm God. from Cardiff, Barry Island. So naturally into that. I have specific nostalgia for that accent because of the amount of Welsh TV shows I was watching in like the yeah? late two thousands, early twenty tens. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh really my funny. God. I have to speak to one tradesperson, and then my Geordie accent comes out. You know, oh always yeah. At me. If I mm. if I speak to like a bloke for some reason, I just like. <laughs> naturally ramp up the Geordie accent I'd be like why oh. I mate I canny that like I nah champion <laughs> cheers buddy thanks <laughs> uh, I'm a little embarrassed now because I can't even do a sustained Erewash Valley accent because it's just oh, really? I, never had, I never had one um, so fair. Um, that's fair and it is completely incomprehensible 
to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, but have you really ever watched, confuse um, our American listeners. Have you ever watched Misfits? Yes. You know the blonde girl from Misfits? Yes. <gasps> yes. Yeah, that, that accent is is oh. close to close to what my natural accent would be if I had not weirdly ended up without Wait, with the, the ponytail? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, the ponytail. The chav. Yes. <laughs> yeah. How interesting. Yeah. The, She's the Darvish- iconic. She is. The so the iconic good. Derbyshire Chav is is the the one one of the few people on TV with my regional accent, but I just wow, don't really I have a strong that. accent. So um, and I Incredible. find it hard to do for more than a few words. So, yeah. Love yeah, now that I think about it, this can't be allowed. You can't both have great accents and I just sound sort of very generic East Midlands-y. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, though, it is quite difficult for me. I normally have to have a pint or two or get kind of annoyed or angry about something if I, if like, and I slip into it occasionally. But the thing is, Americans can hear it more in my voice than people from the UK can. The, oh, I, the number of Americans that have been like, oh, you, you've got a bit of like a, a Welsh twang about you. I'm like, how? Interesting. It's, it's buried Interesting, underneath yeah. years of, of not being like, yeah, I guess it's because, yeah. I don't know, to be honest, but it's good ears because it is buried that, there deeply, but it is there. That is yeah. impressive considering two Americans in Boston thought I was Irish. <laughs> oh, yes, they did. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's super specific because like, I didn't know you were Welsh when we met, and I hear it now. No. I know to listen for mm. it, but I didn't yes, know until yeah. you told me. And um, yeah, no, well done, well done to the Americans <laughs> who can yes. tune into that Welsh accent. Yeah, well That's done. That's the Americans. funny thing about Wales as well, though, <laughs> because I'm like from that, Cardiff. Condescendingly, <laughs> yes, it's very late. <laughs> <laughs> but like, because I'm from Cardiff, if you're from Cardiff, Welsh people who aren't from Cardiff say you're not Welsh if you're from Cardiff because it's so oh. like mm. yeah no one I knew growing up that, had okay. like the accent like the Valley's accent like no one mm. so yeah you're not really Welsh I am I swear is that like when the Scots say that Edinburgh is technically part of England yes because <laughs> of how posh it is mm-hmm. same thing <laughs> to be fair same thing. like everyone I know who's not from London but is from England would pretty much be like London is its own thing yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I think we just don't yeah. like our capitals. I think we're just like, no. No, very true. Yeah. Sniffy about yep. it. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, this has been delightful. It's gone all over the place, this, hasn't it? Has it? Gone, yeah. it's <laughs> really has. Has, it has gone 45 minutes over the time we were all meant to go home and get some sleep. So, oh, oh yeah. God, it's quarter to 6 p.m. It My is. My God. Wow. <laughs> it is. I was well having done, so gang. much fun. I didn't know if I should, I should stop <laughs> us or what. But oh, it's always fun. It's been great. Yeah, it's always fun. It's it been has great. been so great. Um, and like my, this is where my brain is at. I was like, okay, time to start. I'm like, I should probably do the outro, and then stop. Oh yes. Rather oh, than yeah. just stop the episode. Take us home. So thank you as always for listening to In Discovery. We really appreciate your time and all the kind feedback we've had so far. If you'd like to rate and review us on your podcast provider of choice, that would be lovely and a great way to help out the pod. Meanwhile, if you'd like to leave a comment, you can do so over on rockpapershotgun.com on the RPS Discord server or by emailing us directly at podcast at rockpapershotgun.com and if the words podcast or rock or paper or shotgun ever meant anything, they certainly don't now that I've said it all so very, very much. Um, You can also find us over on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook and good old TikTok. Yay, TikTok. So, until next time, it's goodbye from me, Liam and Rachel. Bye. Bye! Bye!